everyone welcome back to hope for today let me grab my coffee mug here and ask you to come and join me and we'll have a cup of coffee together a cup of tea hot chocolate whatever's your fancy i just want to say welcome christmas season is upon us i'll wish you all a merry christmas ahead of time hope you're enjoying your season and i hope that the lord is just speaking to your heart i know he's been speaking to mine and um yesterday was a day that um you know, you hear a devotion sometimes and you go, oh, it was written for me. And it was so encouraging that I was able to have a devotion that I knew was directed to me from the Lord to just speak to my heart. And I really appreciate when he gives me something so black and white. And I, you know, I love listening to people. I love talking to people. I love learning from people. You know, sometimes you, you meet somebody and you think, mm, am I going to learn anything from them? Can they teach me anything? And then you're like blown away with what they've taught you. One of the things that you will hear a lot <clears throat> in um, probably, you know, church messages or podcasts or even here at Keswick, you'll hear um, our president, Bill Welty, refer to this and who's the future of the church? Well, I have a little different spin on that. And this is something that I have felt. And I have, I'm, I always like to, I'm always different. I have to always be the opposite of everybody else. It's just how I am. I've been that way since I'm a kid. And on this topic, I'm definitely probably the opposite of what you think I'm going to say. Now, based on the uh, feedback that I get in comments and the people that I know personally who watch this podcast, most of you are probably my age and older. I'd say the majority of the people are 60 and 70 and above. We might have some 40s and 50s. I don't think we have too many, if any, millennials. I just don't think this would suit them. Not to say that they can't watch it. I'd be more than happy if they did. So I'm really speaking to, let's just say, the 60s and above, because that's primarily my audience for this podcast, and that's who I want to target. So, who is the future of the church? Where are things going? We have a, um, an, a church that we used to be connected with, and they have a full basement with tons of classrooms and facilities, very large church, very, and, and could do so much, but they have absolutely no children in the church. None. Not one. Not one under, you know, I'd say the youngest person there is probably 60. And I don't think they'll be having any children anytime soon. And for years, my husband and I's heart kind of went, because you always hear, you know, you need the young families to grow the church. You need the young families to grow the church. Now, there's something to be said for that. So I don't want you to think I'm not saying you don't need young families. I want to talk about something a little bit different. So I'm going to talk probably in different layers of this conversation. So hang in there with me. There's a church that we um, frequent, not frequent, well, we used to frequent. We go there periodically to pop in and visit, some friends there. Now, if you took the individual people, they're very kind, very loving, love the Lord, um, good people, I mean good Christian people, and people on an individual basis that I would love to spend time with. Oh, but there's something about it when they're together 
and they're in a church gathering type thing, a setting like that, and you start talking to them and it's like a doom and gloom conversation. And it, there's nothing uplifting. Like when I go to church, and maybe you're different, when I go to church, I go because I want to be fed, I want to have fellowship, I want to be uplifted, I want to have a good start for my week, I want to be an encouragement to someone else, and um, I want it to be a positive experience. I don't want to come home oh, feeling like the weight of the world is on my shoulders and the end of the world is here, and it's horrible and it's horrific. And that's when these people get together, they tend to be that way. And it just, I don't know, grates on my soul. And I just, every time we go, I come home and I say to my husband, I can't, I just can't. So that's one church, one church type scenario that I, I wanted to talk to you about. Because to me, that is not the future of the church. There's no hope. There's no passion in a positive way. There's no excitement. There's no joy. If I, as a new person, new believer, or just a newcomer, were to walk in there, what kind of a vibe would I get? Now, with that being said, I understand 60 and older, aches and pains, looking for the Lord's return. Some 80s and 90s saying, you know, take me home. I've heard people say that. I understand all that. Well, I don't truly understand it. I shouldn't say that. I, I, I try to understand that. Let's put it that way. But you are currently here. If you're listening to this podcast, God woke you up today, gave you breaths that you could breathe, hearing so you can hear, vision so that you can see, and a heart that can be spoken to. You're not to sit there in this doomsday scenario and so on. I've often said conversations with my dad when he was alive. My dad was always from probably the day he got saved to the day he the Lord took him home. He was one to talk about the Lord's return. And my dad would talk heavy about it. And it, it would bother me because as a little kid, you know, you want to... You want to get married, you want to have children, you want to live life, you want to enjoy things. And then when you first get married, you want to enjoy having a family and you want to, you know, you want to experience all the things that everybody else gets to experience. But the way my dad presented it was that this is never going to happen. Everything's just going to end very abruptly. And I know my dad's heart was that he just wanted to be with the Lord. But the way he presented it, I used to say, Dad, there's joy in today. We have to find the joy in today. And he had a hard time with that. I don't want to be that type of person. I want to encourage you not to be that type of person. You need to find the joy in today that God has given you. You know, God is at work. And I think we get so caught up in our little circles that we don't remember that. Someone said to me the other day, I had this great conversation with somebody. And over the last week, I've had numerous conversations in different scenarios. And he said to me, you know, when you run the race, and the Bible talks about running the race. When you run the race, there's preparations that go into it. And then you're in it. You're running. And you're running. And, and you got to finish. you got to finish. And when you get to the finish line, it's over. But it's not over until you get to the finish line. 
and you're running and you might stumble and you might trip and fall and you got to get up and you got to get back in it but you're running and you're running and you're running and you're you see that you know that thing up ahead you see it i got to get there that's the finish line i got to get there and then when you cross over that finish line it's done it's over the race is finished and we were just talking about how there's work to be done in the church and it's so hard sometimes to find people that are enthusiastic that want to do things people you know sunday morning only's come and they greet you hello 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 they take the church bulletin they sit in their pew and you know go through the service and then leave and then there's a list of volunteers that are needed and well somebody else will do that well who's that somebody else why can't you be part of that and then we were in this conversation him and i were talking and i you know we were both just saying oh you know christmas is upon us and busy season in church and we're both heavily involved in ministry and you know we're just tired not complaining you know you just have a conversation yeah i'm tired too and you know and but we were saying it with a smile on our face and as tired as we were and are we wouldn't change a thing and he said to me you know what though we can rest in heaven today is not the day to rest and i was like "Ooh!" i said to him i needed to hear that it was the best advice i had for the day and we were talking like seven o'clock at night. So it was the end of the day, but it was the best advice I got all day. I'm in this race. I can rest when I get to the finish line, whether it's when the Lord takes me home or he returns to take me home. Either way, I'm in the race. I'm not done yet. The Bible says to run that race. It doesn't say at this age, you're allowed to stop. Now, again, I'm talking to 16 older here. And I really want to wake some of you up to realize that you can run the race. You know, my son, my youngest son is special needs and there's something called special Olympics. And there are kids that have no legs that are in a wheelchair or disabled in some way, shape or form. And they are in special Olympics and they run their race however they can and with whatever they can muster up. And if they need a wheelchair or they need a crutch or they need something, they run that race. And these kids are beyond excited because they want to get to the finish line. Those of you that have aches and pains and are in a wheelchair or in a walker or you can't hear well or you can't see well, your race isn't finished yet. Run that race and you can rest in heaven. Don't worry about resting now. There'll be plenty of time to rest in all eternity. Right now, God has a purpose for you. If you don't know what that purpose is, then you need to send, spend a little time chatting with the Lord and saying, hey, I wanna do something today for you. What can I be doing? If you don't think God has a purpose for you, look around your neighborhood, look around the people you associate with. If you're at homebound, Think of the people that you are connected with or have been connected with that are not born-again believers. How many people in your own life can you write a note to? Can you make a phone call to? Can you send a card to? Can you send a text, an email? You know, there's so many options now. It's not like just sending a letter years ago that you can reach out and just say, I, you know, I really want to share my heart with you. I just want you to know, maybe put in John 3:16. You don't have to be elaborate. It can be simple. 
Who's the future of the church? It is you. You are the future of the church. I really want to talk again more about soaring at 60, I'm going to call it. Those that are 60 and above, and that can and have made an impact on the church. Let me give you a couple of examples. There was a gentleman, um, he wasn't blood-related family, family by marriage, but family uh, in the sense that we all grew up together and, you know, all the kids, and it was almost like uncle so-and-so. This gentleman just passed away, and, and he was 96, I believe, 94, 96, somewhere in that age range. And um, at 40, he decided, you know, when you're 40, you think you're old. But, it, you know, when you're 96, 40 is quite young. But at 40, he decided he needed to take better care of his health. I was a kid, so I couldn't tell you if he was overweight or... He ate junk food, didn't exercise, I don't know. But he made a decision. I need to get better, uh, in better shape, and I need to take care of myself. And he started jogging and riding his bike and getting into triathlons and all kinds of stuff. And he became an avid, avid biker for miles and miles and miles. Well, when he was 80 years old, well, first of all, when he was 50 years old, I think it was when he was 50, he ran, I think, 40 miles. I think that's what it was, something like that. But when he was 80 years old, he took his grandson. Now, not his son, but his grandson. So his grandson was, I'm sure, quite a bit younger than he was. He took his grandson, when he was 80, to take him on a 40-mile bike ride. And I don't know how far into the bike ride they got. The grandson said, Grandpa, I can't keep up with you. Imagine this in the church. You're 80 years old, and you're on this 40-mile bike stretch serving the Lord. And you have all the young millennials coming up behind you saying, Oh, Mr. So-and-so, Mrs. So-and-so, I can't keep up with you. What a picture to me of the way we should be serving the Lord. At 80 years old, you've learned to persevere. You've learned how, what it means to be determined. You've learned how to work hard. You've learned not to give up. That, to me, is what we need in our church. I need an 80-year-old who's ready to get on a bike and can do a 40-mile bike ride because from 40 on, he decided to take care of his body. He decided to exercise. He decided to eat right. So relate that to the church. Are you doing all the things you need to do for preparation? Are you exercising your spiritual gifts? Are you digesting the right food that you need to put into your body, into your mind? All of that so that you can ride that 40 miles and you can have those young whippersnappers behind you saying, Lynn Wilson, I can't keep up with you. How do you do all that you do? Because I'm determined, I've persevered, and I've been in training. I'll tell you of another man, and it was my father-in-law. He was about 40 when God really gripped his heart, but it wasn't until he was 60 that all of a sudden his whole ministry sort of came to a head. He started preaching all over, itinerant preaching all over the United States and outside the country. He went back on mission trips. He did so much from 60 to 80 plus years old. 
My father-in-law was a very conservative Christian, you know, old traditions and old ways in the, in the church and so on. Things that most of you would say, spot on, that's my kind of person, whether it's music or type of preaching or teaching and so on. But my father-in-law also saw the future of the church when he was 60 to 80 and realized that as much as we can have the core values of the church, some things might need to change in order to keep the young families coming back to church. Have you raised your kids in the Lord? Are they back in church? Have they come home to church? Most of the people that we grew up with in terms of raising our kids, I'd say about 90% of them, my oldest is 32 and he's a pastor. Most of the kids that he grew up with in youth group, I'd say 90, maybe even 95% have nothing to do with the Lord. Okay, why? What have we done? What have we done to neglect to raise our children correctly, to want to come back to church and raise their own families. My father-in-law, I guess in a sense you could say had a vision of the future, and from 60 to 80 plus, he got together with the elders in the church, and he got together with some of the young men in the church, and he built a future. He was 60 years old when he started doing this. He was in 22. To me, my father-in-law was the future of the church because he laid the foundation. The church he is part of kind of went through, you know, every church can go through a slump. My father-in-law is in glory for a couple of years now, but the church that he was at where he served as a full-time elder and an itinerant preacher, and he was a missionary, is thriving with young families and old alike. And they melt together and they can serve the Lord together. But my father-in-law saw at 60 plus years old a future that was needed for the church. Who's the future? You are. Soar at 60. Another man, T. Ernest Wilson, my grandfather-in-law. He left Ireland when he was 21. He served in Angola for 40 years. At 61 years old, notice 61. It was actually in 1961, he came to America. During that time from 61 and he died in his 90s, he preached around the world as an itinerant preacher. He went to six out of seven continents and preached the word of God. He wrote several books. I think he wrote about a dozen books, maybe a little less. And you know, he was 60. He soared at 60 when he really started to invest or make an impact in the future church. Who is the future of the church? You are. You need to soar at 60. I think by 60 years old, you got it together. You've raised your family. You've worked your career. You've done all those things. You have wisdom. You have knowledge. You have determination. You have perseverance. You have plenty of bumps and bruises and scars and battle scars to prove that you've lived life. You have been through enough that you have the wisdom and the knowledge to say, hey, wait a minute. We need a future in our church and I want to be part of it. Now, the future of the church to me is not necessarily the body that's in the church, but it's the foundations that were laid for the future people to come into the church. When you look at these men that I shared with you. They were all in their 60s when they soared in their faith. Where are you today?
I want to go to the scriptures. Okay, I'm going to read some Bible verses here. So I'll give you the reference. You can look them up later. But in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scoring its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Who is our example of who led the way for the future church was the Lord Jesus Christ. He discipled men here on the earth. He touched people's lives. He healed people. He ministered to people. And when he went home to glory to be with his father, he had laid a foundation both in scripture and in his own life that we can still reflect upon to know what we should be doing. He was the future of our church. 2 Timothy 4.7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Will you be able to say that? Galatians 6, 9, let's not become weary in doing good. For the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Don't give up, guys. We can do this. We're going to soar at 60. Philippians 3, 13 through 14, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and sustaining toward what is ahead, I press forward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Don't worry about what you did before you were 60. Look forward to where God's taking you and how you can leave such an impression and an impact and a mark on the future church. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. You know, most of us, if you're 60 and older, you've worked a lifetime. You've worked for someone else. Maybe you worked for yourself, but you still, in a sense, work for other people, and you got paid. At this point, you're probably either retired or you're getting ready to retire. Maybe you've been retired for 20 years. You know what? you got time on your hands. I have so many people that say, I'm so bored. I have so much time. I don't know what to do. I have no one to talk to. I have nowhere to go. You know what? you got a life, people. You're not working. You're not having to go 9 to 5 every day. You've got so much time in your hand. Have you spent any time in the Word? Have you spent time in prayer? Now it's time to spend time in investing in people's lives. That does not mean you have to walk and go out of your home. There's plenty you can do if you are bound to your home for whatever reason, you can do it. But if you have the legs to, to get you out and about moving, and you have sight, and you have hearing, and you have stability to get moving, and you can do this, you need to do this. Okay, some last points for today. Who is the future of the church? You are. Don't wait for those millennials to take charge. They've barely lived life. They don't really have the experience. They don't have the knowledge and the wisdom that we all have from having lived life. We are the future of the church because we will lay the foundation. And just like my father-in-law did, my father-in-law laid such a foundation that those young families are worshiping in the same church with the same traditions and core values 
maybe with a little bit more excitement, maybe with a little bit more spunk, but the core values have not changed. My grandfather-in-law, who wrote those books and preached all around the world, he has a website that was started after he passed away. That website gets hits daily, hourly, weekly. People listening to his messages and lives are still being changed because he invested into the future. Most of us are over 60 or coming up to being 60. I want you to soar at 60. I want you to build and make such an impact for the future church that there's no way in the world it will ever collapse. I want you to run the race till you are sweating, you stink, you're exhausted. You can barely do it until the Lord takes you home and that's when you can rest. Who's the future of the church? You are. Now go out and do something for the Lord today. Thanks for coming over for Hope for Today, and I hope to see you next week at the same time. Thanks so much, and you all have a great day.